Um, hey, divorce is tough, man. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Divorce is divorce is hard. Poor poor guy. Uh, hopefully he can still kiss his son on the lips, though. Anyways, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. I, I guess only on weekends though he'll be able to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> she probably took the dog too. Uh, Welcome to the most unprofessional sports podcast in the world. This is Swivel Chair Sports. I am your host Zach Circle Burke Burkle, uh, and my co-hosts here are Aaron and Siege. Hey, what's up, guys? What's- going on all right so this is the first episode of the swivel chair sports podcast um basically what made us want to start this was um me and aaron specifically have been talking for a while that we wanted to uh we wanted to start a podcast we just had so much time on our hands we found out that uh we end up spending hours on end just talking sports without any sort of outlet or anything like that figured this could be a good way for us to creatively uh, do that, um, and that's what burgeoned uh, Swivel Chair Sports. Our buddy here, Siege, uh, was nice enough to show us the ropes. Uh, he has some sort of experience with podcasting, um, so he gave us a lot of uh, pointers and hints on how to get this th- whole train started. Um, basically, what we're hoping to come out of this, man, is uh, we just we want to take this as far as we can uh, organically. We don't want to, you know. Uh, be any sort of like corporate shills or anything like that um basically just want to be like the unprofessional uh dorks on the internet that you can uh you can watch and and relate to um something that you can just look at and be like oh hey that's that looks like something that me and my friends do uh that's basically the whole point of this podcast is we just want to uh to show that that there are you know there are ways to do that out there uh podcast is becoming pretty popular more and more people are doing it these days and uh, we figured why not hop on hop on the train and and see what happens. Uh, hopefully this ends up being um, some sort of success, but if not, then we're perfectly okay just uh, just making these for fun and uh, whoever gets to see them gets to see them. Uh, that being said, let's go ahead and get into the first topic in swivel chair sports history. Uh, Deshaun Watson's returning this week for the first time in. Over a season and a half after facing several allegations um, with the Houston Texans um, and then following him on his way over to Cleveland with the Browns, uh, first time he's going to get to play uh, NFL football game in quite some time. Um, basically just wanting to like get your guys' reactions. Aaron, Siege, if any of you guys have anything to add to that. Um, personally, I mean... I I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a tough subject to touch on, um, especially with everything going on. Uh, but if he's if he's cleared, then whether it's it's fair or not, he is he is going to be out there, and um, that's just that's just the the point of the matter. Uh, how do you guys think he's gonna he's gonna perform in his first game back in uh, in over a year and a half? Uh, well, first of all, first game back. Against the Texans. Oh, I didn't. So, mean, I did not. I didn't realize in, that. Wow. At Houston, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see how he's received there. But um, yeah, that's yeah. I I think he'll be rusty because he played what one one preseason game. Yeah. And didn't look very good. So yeah. I guess I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, and another thing is this this game coming back. I mean, it's just bad versus bad. So it doesn't. I mean, I don't like the fact that Deshaun Watson's back in 
the league in the first place after all the allegations and all that stuff. But, um, I mean, it's bad versus bad. So I don't think he's going to fare terribly. I mean, the Texans are one and nine this year. So, um, I mean, Hey, they benched a quarterback. They, they benched, uh, Davis Mills. Oh, long neck Mills is on the bench now. I believe so. So who's quarterbacking for him? Uh, I don't know. What's his name? Some no-name guy, probably. Bigger name than us, but smaller name than most (laughs) quarterbacks. Yeah, either way, I don't know. (laughs) I think he'll probably play well just because he's playing the Texans. Um, I mean, they haven't done – I mean, they've won one game this year, so uh, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I don't don't understand why he's not playing anymore. Kyle Allen. Allen's over there now? Yep. He was sneaky good with the Panthers, was it last year? I can't remember exactly when he played, but he was like, I, I mean, obviously he's not like a starting quarterback in the NFL kind of guy, but he's he's not a slouch out there, you know? It's not like you're throwing, I mean, well, I was about to say Matt White, but he goes out there and destroys everybody <laughs> last <this> past year. <laughs> uh, who, who saw Matt White throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns for the Jets? But um, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Because, I mean, he threw for 400 in, like, his second game with him. True, yeah. He, I mean, he's got up, down, up, down, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyle Allen, though, I didn't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes, because I actually was kind of a fan of Kyle Allen back in Carolina. Um, as much as someone can be a fan of a guy who plays, like, what, four games or however many. Uh, but that's going to be really interesting. I do, I do agree with you guys that I don't think Deshaun's facing exactly a whole lot of at least on the field pressure, definitely not more in the media than anything. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how that Texans crowd handles it. Like you said, though, uh, I didn't know that he was even playing the Texans this week. That's that is crazy. That's going to be that's been quite the homecoming first game and since what twenty twenty against the Texans uh, is it at is it in Houston? That Houston. Wow, that's going to be really interesting to see how the, how the home crowds play then. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's at least a good game, I guess. I mean, I don't really know what, what else to say about that. It's, it's like you said, Siege, it's kind of a no, not doesn't really matter. It's, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. So one yeah. way or the other, whoever wins, it's not going to mean anything other than maybe Deshaun Watson starts looking – like he did back in 2019, whenever he was arguably the second or third best quarterback in the league. Uh, but yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. Um, bouncing off of that, though, uh, NFL season starting to wind down. Um, I believe we're in week 13 now. Um, playoffs are right around the corner, even though it seems like the season just started yesterday. Uh, what are some teams that you think either maybe they need to kind of step up to get in the playoffs or maybe they've looked shaky, but they're like they're a playoff lock, but they look shaky right now. So you don't know if they're going to perform up to, up to par when it comes playoff time. What are some of the, the teams you're looking out for is kind of being like that, uh, that team that gets upset at the end, or maybe they, uh, they fail to meet the expectations that, that people had laid out for them prior to the season. Um, for me, it's the Titans. They've uh, they started off rocky, then they they kind of got hot there in the middle. But we'll just we'll have to see how well their offense can can carry them into the postseason. I mean, you can only rely on Derrick Henry for so long, right? And defenses obviously get get really tough when you get the get to the end of the season. So yeah, yeah, that's my pick. Um, 
Yeah, my only thing to add to that would be that because the weather is starting to get colder, Derrick Henry, obviously the running game is going to be more important as the season winds down. Um, but I do agree that, I mean, if you depend on Derrick Henry to carry your entire offense, then it's going to end up catching up to you eventually, like we saw back in, um, I think it was 2020, when the Chiefs beat him in the AFC Championship, and they just seemed like they ran out of gas there at the end. Um, didn't really have much answers. Uh, once Derrick Henry started getting kind of bottled up there at the line, and they ended up getting behind by a couple points towards the end, they couldn't really catch up uh, with Tannehill. Um, what do you think, Siege? What, what, what is uh, what's probably the team that you're you're looking at maybe uh, maybe failing expectations or uh, or uh, slipping up here at the end? Um, I don't know, dude. I think to be honest with you, um, the Dolphins. It sounds weird because they've been playing really well this year. I just don't know if uh, Mike – his name is Mike McDaniels, right, the head coach? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't – I mean, he's really young. Um, maybe a new new scenery for him. Uh, maybe something there could get him slipped up. But he does have the swag. So I think I think uh, where his head – or his, head, his mindset is, um, they, they'll probably – farewell in the playoffs um but at the same time like you got a decently young quarterback into a um Tyreek's been playing great over there though uh him and Tua really linked up together so but I think the Dolphins could have a little trouble in the playoffs just because of the young head coach and not being in that situation before being first in the division and all that stuff yeah, yeah, I kind of I I see where you're coming from on there. Uh, we saw last year with uh, uh, the Chargers specifically uh, that young head coach kind of caught up to them there at the end, uh, specifically with that Raiders game in Week 17 last year, um, where they just ended up seemed like they fell short because of those coaching mistakes due to due to you know having that young head coach out there. Um, when I mean the Chargers should have made the playoffs last year. It was pretty much pretty much uh, sealed. Uh, whatever deli- like you know it was clear cut that they were, they were delivered thank you yeah exactly thank you signed, sealed, delivered. <laughs> trying to come up with that um yeah it was signed to deliver that the Chargers were going to make the playoffs last year and then all of a sudden they start making uh making some some mistakes there at the end a lot of it due to head coaching whether it's like not having the right amount of not having enough timeouts there at the end of the game or uh maybe they should have went for it or not went for it that's what that was their big thing they would always go for it on fourth down and it ended up finally biting them in the butt there at the end of the season um, so I see where you're coming from with the Dolphins, uh, especially with the ex- unexperienced head coach. It's a very similar situation over there where it's a super young team, including the coaching staff, but they have a ton of confidence, uh, borderline cockiness. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it could go either way, but I definitely understand where you're coming from with, like, uh, the inexperience catching up to them once playoff time hits. Um, and I was actually going to go with another team there in the NFC East, uh, or AFC East, um, I think the Bills are looking a little troubling right now. They haven't been able to get much going on offense these last few weeks, and I think that's going to end up really hurting them if it if it extends into the playoffs. Um, it could just be a matter of where Josh Allen's being more conservative, and that could be why. I know they're running the ball a lot more now than they were at the beginning of the season, so that could end up being why their offense doesn't look quite as dominant. But I know the defense as well has been kind of tr- uh, struggling. So it'll be interesting to see how that division shakes out there at the end with the Dolphins and the Bills kind of battling there for that that top spot in the division. And then whoever, it's crazy because whoever wins the division is going to be a top two seed, almost guaranteed. Whoever loses the division, all of a sudden a bottom three seed. So 
it's really going to impact the playoff picture, whichever team wins that division, um, and whether the Bills are going to have to go through um, three tough teams or possibly sneaking in and getting that first round by with the one seed um, or the Dolphins, vice versa. Another um, thing to remember about the Bills is they picked up Naheem Hines in that trade with the Colts. So yeah, they've yeah. got another dynamic back. Has he been used as much as uh, as much as anticipated? I know Singletary. No, they've been they've been slowly working him in, but he hasn't seen much yet. Yeah, yeah, because I know Singletary. I've got um, Singletary on my fantasy team, and he's been like consistent, but it's not like anything crazy. It's like ten points a week. It's like a reliable starter in fantasy, but it's not it's not anything to like toot your horn for or anything like that. So. Um, yeah, the Bills will be interesting to see um, how they work Hines in more, and maybe that running game does end up getting more uh, efficient as the as the season wraps up. Um, uh, talking about playoffs, uh, what are what are you guys' playoff predictions? It's getting pretty close here at the end. Um, I'll start with you, Aaron, and then maybe uh, either go to Siege or come back to me, um, whoever wants to go um, after Aaron. But um, yeah, what are the teams? I guess we'll start with we'll start with the AFC. What what are your seven teams coming out of the AFC you have in the playoffs right now? Um, Chiefs at one seed. Uh, and I think I got the Bills at the two. Uh, then Ravens, then the Titans. Um, then Dolphins, Bengals. And that last team? That last team was tricky for me. Yeah, I don't know. And the, I mean, I just, I can't see. playing well. I can't, I just can't see their, their offense. I mean, they've been carried by their defense all year, especially yeah. since they lost uh, Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. Earlier, oh yeah, that uh, that injury. Um, so I guess the Chargers would be my last vote. Yeah, yeah, the Jets. The Jets are an interesting team. They could definitely sneak in there. That was one. That was the one I was having trouble with. Uh, whether I should put them in or leave them out. Um, Siege, did you want to go next? Or do you want me to go ahead? No, no, no. I don't have any predictions. Okay, okay. I'll just uh, I'll wrap up the AFC with myself then. No, no issues. You got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, actually, very similar to yours, Aaron. Uh, I got I got Chiefs as the one seed right now. Um, Bills, I have winning the AFC East and uh, and getting that two seed, uh, even though they are struggling right now. Um, I I just have all the confidence in the world in Josh Allen and that offense to turn it around at some point. Um, and then I have the Ravens in at the three seed, uh, edging out the Bengals for the division, kind of like you do. Um, I, I don't really have a reason for it. I just have more confidence in Jim Harbaugh than I do Zach Taylor, right? Is that his last name? I don't even know the Bengals coach's last name. I think it's Zach Taylor. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Zach Taylor. Um, I have way more confidence in John Harbaugh than Zach Taylor. I, I'm kind of in that camp where I think the Bengals season last year was not a fluke, but they definitely over uh, – over-exceeded expectations. Um, so I have the Ravens winning their division. I have the Titans winning theirs because that division is basically a no contest. It's unless the Titans go on a massive losing streak to lose or to end the season. I there's no way the Titans lose that. Um, Dolphins as the best wild card because they just they just look so good right now. 
Um, Bengals at the second wild card. So same as you, those six are locked in. I don't really see those six not making it. Um, and the Chargers are all, were also my my seventh my seventh team just because I have way more confidence in Herbert and that offense than I do Matt White or Zach Wilson or whoever the freaking heck is playing their quarterback position now. Um, so yeah, I have the same same exact AFC seating as you have. Um, not nothing too exciting over there. Uh, I think the NFC is probably where we get a little bit a uh, little bit more interesting, a little bit a little bit more intriguing matchups uh, down the pike for, for 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 sure. Yeah, when does when does Jamar Chase come back? Does I think know? Jamar Chase is supposed to be back this week. I heard because I have I have both Tyler. The only reason I know this, I have both Tyler Boyd and T Higgins on my fantasy team. Um, because ever since Jamar Chase went down, those two have been popping off. And um, I read on Higgins's player info that Jamar Chase has been, I think he was worked into practice last week, and that he's on pace to start this week. But let me double-check that real quick. Um, so, yeah, I, I do know he's due back soon, though, for sure. Uh, either this week or next week, maybe. Uh, search player Chase Jamar. He's limited at practice today, but he feels good enough to play at least quote unquote some reps. So yeah, either this week or next week, I would say is when Jamar Chase is coming off the IR. Um. But on to the NFC, now that we're, uh, we're, we've, we've kind of talked about the AFC to death. Um, teams you could think uh, teams you think are going to make the playoffs over there. I know some are kind of locked in at this point, like the Eagles, for instance. Um, but uh, but how's the rest of your, your NFC playoff picture shaking out over there, Aaron? I mean, yeah, you got the Eagles pretty much locked in at the one seed. they got a, a pretty easy schedule left. Um, Vikings are a pretty solid lock for the two seed. Yeah. Um, I think you got. I, I want to say 49ers, but you know, they've been really banged up on defense this year, so we'll see how that turns out. I do. I do think they pull it out. Yeah, I think the McCaffrey um, ad was huge. Yeah, He's coming out of that absolutely abysmal NFC South. Oh, see, it's it's funny because the Bucks have a worse record than the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're in the playoffs. They're the currently Patriots below the 500, and they're they're gonna make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I you kind of gotta go with the Bucks. I don't yeah. I don't really see this. The Saints have been really disappointing this year. I really thought that they'd come back with Jameis Winston after he got healthy, but apparently not. Um, the only other team I could see coming out of there would be the Falcons. They got a, a really good run game, uh, but I just I think the Bucks are probably just a little too good. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers have been really disappointing this year. I, I, well, they're technically not out of it, but I just I kind of count them out of it. Yeah. Um, and I guess between the Cowboys and the Giants, right? Yeah, yeah. For whoever wins the division, I think they're both going to make the playoffs. Just spoiling mine a little bit, but I think they're both going to yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It comes down to who wins the division and who who is a wild card team. Over there, kind of like with the Ravens and Bengals and the Bills and Dolphins. Yeah. 
Could we potentially see three out of the NFC East? I thought about that. Uh, the only reason I didn't put that is because I really want Geno Smith in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a battle between uh, the Seahawks and the Commanders, right? Yeah. For that last spot? Yeah, that's what I saw. Um, Although I, I don't really have any faith in the Giants just because no. of Daniel Jones. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just to kind of piggyback off of the Giants' take, um, they'll make the playoffs, but they're not making it past the first round. Whoever they play in the first round is going to beat them. I don't think it matters who they play. I think even the Seahawks could beat them. I think even the Commanders could beat them, um, which they shouldn't. I don't know. Seahawks, Seahawks struggled against a good running back last week, so yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see if they could. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take one. That's true. And, and to be fair, I have not watched much much Seahawks football this year. I just really want Geno Smith to make it because Russell Wilson's not. And uh, that's no shade on Russell Wilson. I, well, yeah, it kind of was. He stinks. He does. He, he has had a horrible season. Um, I think it look, he, he looks, whether or not, he actually they they lost like I think right now it's pretty obvious that the Seahawks won the trade. Whether or not that stays true for the next two or three years, I don't know. But it's been kind of kind of amusing as a, as a Mizzou Tigers fan to see Drew Locke get just thrown to the side like that, bring in a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you're still sucks. You still suck over there in Denver. So, um, yeah, we can talk about the Russell Wilson thing here in a second. I actually forgot about that. Uh. My NFC picks, um, obviously Eagles, Vikings, 1-2 seed, no debate there. Uh, I, I Like you, I also have the Bucks coming out of the South, just because Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and Jameis Winston's Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota's Marcus Mariota, and uh, Baker Mayfield, and whoever the heck else is the P.J. Walker, and the other guy that from the Jets. Who's Sam Donald. Sam Donald, thank you. Um, yeah, they're all terrible. So, uh, yeah, I think the Bucks come out of the South and just based off of pure experience alone at the quarterback position. And I, I don't know how they're not better. They have a very talented team. I don't know how they're only 500 or under 500, I guess, now. Um, hey, divorce is tough, man. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Divorce, is, divorce is hard. Poor poor guy. Uh, hopefully he can still kiss his son on the lips, though. Anyways, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, I, I guess only on weekends, though, he'll be able to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> she probably took the dog, too. Um, I have the 49ers coming out of the West. I just have all the faith in the world. Even if their defense is banged up, they're still amazing. Um, it, unless they play Patrick Mahomes, I guess. <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> and uh, Kirsten McCaffrey, once he gets fully integrated into that um, Shanahan system. I think he's going to have him and Debo Samuel together on the same side of the football is terrifying for me. Um, even if you have Jimmy G as your quarterback, uh, who is a winner. You can't take that away from him. He's a winner over there in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowboys coming out the East or no. So, wow. Yeah. Three teams are coming out the NFC East. I, I was so wrong earlier. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, the Cowboys are the one wild card. The Giants are the other wild card. The Eagles win the division. I apologize. Yeah. 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 So I have the Cowboys and Giants both making the playoffs as wild card teams. Um, unless the, the Giants make it? I think the Giants make it just because they're like three games ahead of 
Yeah, but have you seen the re- the rest of their schedule? Yeah, I think but three games is a lot to make up in only four or only four weeks time. Yeah, but they got I mean they have the Eagles twice, the Commanders twice, the Vikings. So they would have to lose to the Commanders both times in my yeah. for me not for them not to make the playoffs, I think. Um because that that'd be the only team that would that would jump them would be the command cuz I think the Seahawks make it in. Um those last two spots are going to be between the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Commanders. So I yeah, I agree that whoever beats whoever wins that that Giants Commanders um series is probably going to make it um yeah. out of out of that out of those two and then the Seahawks I think are kind of just going to slide right in there as the 6 or 7 seed. Um, on the back of Geno freaking Smith, baby. So let's go Hawks. Um, speaking of Seahawks, Russell Wilson used to be one. Now he's not. Now he sucks. Opinions. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> As, I mean, you and I are Chiefs fans, so we all we always heard, oh, the the Broncos are just one one quarterback away from the Super Bowl caliber team. And here they go and get a Super Bowl winning quarterback, proven guy, and oh, they famous. stink. Yeah. They absolutely stink, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Siege opinions on uh on Russell Wilson being being terrible this season. I mean we I mean we kind of saw hints of it um in his last what in his last year in Seattle. Yeah. I mean we kind of saw hints of him having a downswing in performance and. That Disagreements with teammates been, and the coaching staff. Yeah, and it, it's just spiraled out of control once he went over to Denver. I mean, Denver wasn't good in the first place, but I mean, his performance has gone down significantly. I think it's pretty funny as well. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not even an NFL guy, really. If I had to pick a team, it would be the Patriots just because I lived up there for seven years. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I think it's funny that he's he's a – his performance is down swung so hard so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about with the his performance definitely seeing a downswing in, in um um performance, I guess. His 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 play being a downswing in performance at the end of his Seahawks tenure. Because um, he was he was like it, the whole saying was let Russ cook which worked until it didn't and then when it didn't, it really did not work. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing over there in in Denver now. Um, they had no running back, really. I guess they it had that worked one. when you had Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have really no yeah. running game in Denver right now. The defense can only do so much. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure everyone by now has been beaten over the head with the statistic a million times on social media. But I think I saw. If the Broncos score 18 points in regulation, they would be undefeated or something like that. And that's just crazy to me that that you trade all that stuff for your missing piece, and then he comes in and being worse than what you gave away. Uh, I think that's just just hilarious as a Chiefs fan. Um, and I, like you said, Siege, even a guy who doesn't follow the NFL much can get some some laughter out of it, uh, kick out of it. Um, so yeah, and uh, he was he was a uh, a former Super Bowl MVP. So uh, now let's talk about some regular season MVP. Um, MVP race starting to really 
uh, heat up here at the end of the season. Um, we've seen some quarterbacks. I'm just going to say it. It's a quarterback award. I know we hate that. It's a quarterback award. I'm sorry. We've seen some quarterbacks start really hitting their stride here of late. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen not to the same extent. Joe Burrow is really starting to get hot now. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been great all year. Um, tons of different guys that 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 MVP race could kind of, or uh, that that MVP trophy could go to. Um, in my opinion, there's one guy clear cut above the rest. I know it's probably going to come off as hometown bias. I have a freaking KC flag in my background right now. Patrick Mahomes is the clear cut MVP front runner. I don't think there's any debate about that. I'm pretty sure he leads the NFL in both touchdowns and yards. Um, so I just don't see how he's not in the front running at this moment. Uh, Josh Allen is my number two, uh, just because of him being able to write, like steady the ship for the Bills all year. They're, they're probably going to be the two seed in the AFC, if I had to guess. Maybe the one seed if the Chiefs slip up here towards the end. Um, but he's just been fantastic as well. He's got more of a running game than Mahomes does, which kind of makes up for that lack in passing statistics. Um... And then my third is Jalen Hurts, just because of the job he's done um, handling the best team in the NFC right now, who's like head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. Like, it's not even close over there in the NFC. The best team is the Eagles, and it's nobody else. Like, nobody's even sniffing them. Um, you you can argue the Vikings, I guess, but we just saw what happened. Was it last week when they played? Or whoever the Vikings just played. They got destroyed. Uh, Cowboys, that's what it was. They just got destroyed by the Cowboys. Um, I don't think Kirk Cousins is is going to lead a team past the first round in the playoffs. Maybe the second, I guess, if you are if you have home field advantage. Um, but yeah, Jalen Hurts is my, is my number three. And then everything after that's kind of whatever. I think, I think anything four through seven is, or three through seven is pretty close, honestly, right now. Um, probably have two at like four i don't know um go ahead aaron what do, what do you think what who's your who's your mvp candidates front runners what what, what you got over there um uh, well i mean yeah obviously mahomes allen and hertz are at the top of the list but i've i've got a dark horse one that you know we, we were kind of teasing earlier yeah, and I've, I've been waiting for this one do you remember your you have your guess i do i do i mentioned it earlier actually who did you think it was? I thought it was Tua. I I, oh. I thought Tua might be your dark horse just because when he when he was healthy and playing, he's been amazing this year. I mean, you look at Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle's stats, and they're both going to be probably 1,200-yard receivers this year. That alone shows you how good he's been. Um, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, that's who I had. I, I was thinking you were thinking Tua. Uh, but What if I said it wasn't a quarterback? See, and that's why I asked if it was a quarterback or not, and your answer told me that it wasn't. Um, is it Micah Parsons? No, it's not. Okay, because that's like, is it Travis Kelsey? It's not. You already asked that. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, you, you learned. Uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm uh, so you said that Kirk Cousins couldn't lead them past the first round of the playoffs, but I think Justin Jefferson might be able to. Oh! He is. That he okay. has Jay revolutionized Jones. that offense, especially with their new head coach. 
things are looking really good. I mean, he's he's breaking records. Yeah, yeah. No, I. And he he opens up so much for the rest of the offense. He's just an, an amazing player, and I think he's really. Uh, it's it's a shame that it's a quarterback award because he really has changed the Vikings' outlook. Yeah, yeah. No, I I again, I wish it wasn't just a quarterback award, but at this point, we know what it is. Uh, it's not the Heisman. It's it's the NFL MVP. And even the Heisman is kind of – we're going to talk about that later. Little little teaser. Um, even the Heisman's kind of became a quarterback award at this point. But, um, but yeah, no, Je- Justin Jefferson's amazing take. He probably the got to be the best wide receiver we've seen since Calvin Johnson, right? Um, I mean, physicality-wise and, I mean, speed, he's got he's kind of got it all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they compare him to Randy Moss all the time, being with the Vikings. Um, but, but yeah, the the most, and I was gonna say probably the best receiver since Randy Moss, and I was like, oh no, Megatron was like the greatest receiver in NFL well, history. I mean, season, you, so. you can't throw shade at Devontae Adams, D Hop. No, and I'm not having, taking having a right, run there. Yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from them, I guess. And it's 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 probably too early to say Justin Jefferson's that good yet. But from what I've seen from him so far, it looks like he's trending in that direction of being like the clear-cut number one guy in the league. Um, See, so do you have any opinions on the MVP race right now? I mean, obviously we kind of hit a lot of it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being the clear front runner has kind of been the consensus for a couple weeks now, I think, in the media. Unless you're again, I'm going to sound like a Kansas City bias here, guy. But unless unless, unless you're a hater, unless you're a hater, um, Mahomes is. The I guy. mean. <clears throat> Mahomes is definitely the front runner. I think Jalen Hurts um, might be closer to him than some people might think, just because of what he's been able to do with this Eagles offense and lead them to a, what ten? What are they? Ten and one start, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's impressive. Like you can't you can't take that away from the guy. Uh, he's had a great like what two thirds of the season. So. Um, but I don't want Patrick Mahomes to win it. I sorry, I don't like the Chiefs. Um, I don't want Patrick Mahomes to win it, not because I don't like Patrick Mahomes, but I, because I can't stand his brother and his wife. That's fair. 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 Champagne all over people that are sitting under her, all over the peasants under her in the box suite or whatever. Um, but no, I think Patrick Mahomes is definitely the 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 front runner right now in the. MVP race for the NFL, uh, but I do think Jalen's closer than people expect. Yeah, I like that. Um, I was gonna put, I wanted to put Jalen number two, um, but I think the one thing that kept me from doing that was uh, the Colts game a couple weeks ago. It, it was, it was, which I mean, I guess that's not fair because the Chiefs lost to the Colts early in the season. So I, I don't, I don't, I guess that's probably not a fair thing to say. If oh Jalen Hurts wasn't good against the Colts, he still beat them. Chiefs didn't beat them. So, maybe maybe I, mean, I took too much out of that. An underrated defense. It's just their offense is not there. And now that they've got their new head coach, they've looked a little bit better. So I think knows? I think it's hilarious. All the people shitting on the Jeff Saturday hire and then him coming out and winning his first two games. Um, yeah, I think that's hilarious. Because I mean, whether or not he was like experienced enough for the job or whatever you want to say. Um, did it really matter? Was it going to matter? 
I mean, I guess maybe they had a chance to sneak into the, the division picture, but the, the Colts weren't going anywhere this year. Who cares who their head coach is? They're not making it to the playoffs. It wasn't that big of a deal. And now look, he's actually maybe not that bad. Who knows? I don't know if he'll be back next year as the head coach, but I think it was unfair for him to uh, basically poop all over him as a candidate before even seeing what he had to offer. Um, and now he's kind of making a lot of people eat their words, I think. Um, because obviously the coaching's the difference. They have the same exact roster they had before he was hired. Minus Naheem Hines, they have the same roster now. Um, and they're winning games, at least. That's something you couldn't say with Frank Reich. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's funny to see people having to eat their words on something. That's always uh, amusing. Um, moving on from NFL. We've talked that to death. Let's talk college football. I personally, not that experienced, not that knowledgeable. These two, specifically my buddy Siege here, much more knowledgeable on me than, than me. Uh, I'm going to let them kind of take the reins here for a little, little bit while we uh, discuss some college football playoff predictions. Who you got, what you think, what's going on? So, I mean, right now the top four in order, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and uh, USC. Uh, I don't see this changing much at all as long as USC takes care of business in the Pac-12 championship to a Utah team that is their only loss on the schedule so far. Um, Caleb Williams is absolutely playing out of his mind, and I think they're going to come out with a little fire under their belt and take care of business in that game. Um, The rest of the the rest of the uh, championship games, the only other interesting one is TCU and Kansas State. Uh, it's a top 10 matchup. It's the only top 10 matchup that we even have. Michigan has, gets to play 8-4 uh, and four Purdue in the Big Ten championship. The Big Ten West is an absolute joke. Um, I mean, these, these conference championships should mean something. Um, but then, I mean, we have these big dogs sitting outside, like Ohio State, Alabama, um, Tennessee this year with Hendon Hooker. Uh, they just couldn't take care of business when it mattered the most, so they're sitting on the outside looking in, and I don't think that they can get in as long as USC takes care of business in their championship game. Yeah, that's kind of what I've seen so, so far. Go you ahead. think TCU gets in even if they lose? I think TCU takes the four spot if they lose, yes. And that could be because I have TCU bias because I'm a TCU fan. And before anybody attacks me, uh, I've been a TCU fan for a long time. I used to live there also. So <laughs> give me a break. We were in the Mountain West back then. We were a little baby dog, but it's okay. Um, no, yeah, I think uh, I think TCU gets in no matter what because because ESPN actually has their strength of record right now as number one in the country. I, I think they do have a stronger schedule, and I think the one team that would jump them would be Ohio State. But, yeah, I think TCU definitely has a stronger schedule. So, See, see but that's that's the question that everybody is kind of stumbling on is do conference championships matter? Do you need to make the conference championship to get into the uh, college football playoff? Ohio State 
their season's done. They're not playing another game to boost their boost their resume to get into the college football playoff. They didn't make it. They got blown out by 20 to a Michigan take a Michigan team that just ran all over the field on them. I mean, they had almost 300 yards rushing, I think, um, against Ohio State, and that doesn't bode well for a playoff team. Like they, they looked terrible, to say the least. I mean, C.J. Stroud didn't play his greatest game, but he didn't look awful. He did what he could to give them a chance, but Ohio State's defense was just Swiss cheese, and even without Blake Corum, they were running all over the Ohio State defense. And Michigan's defense looked pretty good in that game. I mean, they they, they stopped a, a pretty powerful Ohio State offense. I mean, yeah, I I do think it's kind of unfair that they're done and they've they've set the resume out there and they're out of the their championship game and they could still potentially get in but that's that's just kind of the way it is right now at least right i mean we'll see we'll see if that changes with the expanded football playoff i mean obviously you're going to have teams that aren't in their championship if you have more teams in the playoff right and that's where i think the the debate comes into play is if we if we have a 12 team uh playoff bracket then there will be more debate on okay, they didn't make their championship game, and they're sitting at, like, the 12 to 15 range on the in the last week, week of rankings. Um, then a debate comes into play. Okay, let me look at how they actually played. Let me look at their eye test. Then it doesn't necessarily matter about the record as long as their record is within that range, obviously. You kind of – that's where the eye test comes into play. But with the four-team playoff, you have to give the upper hand to the person with the better record. I mean, if you're a 12 and 0 team heading into championship weekend, you got to be up in the you have to be up in the top four, and then I don't think you can get penalized for making your championship game. Your point. So uh, I guess with all that said, we we move on to the Heisman candidates. Yeah. Uh, who do you who's who's your let, Let's just go with well, you know who's in the front running obviously, but who's like your top three? I mean, I, I do like Bajon Robinson from Texas. He's, he's really solid, mm-hmm. uh, explosive guy. And then he really climbed. I, I didn't like him a lot last year. Didn't really trust him, but Stetson Bennett really showed out this year and, uh, stepped up and looked, looked really good to me. Yeah. Other than the close game with Mizzou, which go Tigers, but you know. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, you? So I mean, the the guy that's winning the Heisman obviously is Caleb Max Williams. Max Duggan. No, not Max Duggan. <laughs> Caleb Williams is winning the Heisman with his performance last week against Notre Dame. Um, I mean, he did the Heisman Trophy pose probably like four times throughout the game. He had one crazy play where. Uh, he almost got sacked. He, like, loops around to the right, pump fake throws, takes off for, like, a 30-yard run uh, across the field. And uh, that really that run really sealed the game for them against Notre Dame. And um, so I think he I think he's winning the Heisman. He has the best numbers. He's, he's, he's set a record for most uh, touchdowns in a season at USC, which is a big thing to do with, I mean, people like Matt Leinert going there and stuff like that. Uh, but So I think he's winning. The other people that I think should get a get an invite to New York 
just to lose are Max Duggan. I mean, Max, what Max has been able to do with the TCU team that went five and seven last year to twelve and zero this year um, is pretty impressive. I mean, he's thrown for over three thousand yards. He has over thirty touchdowns. Um, been a key part in gutting out some tough wins for the Horn Frogs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, every week was tough for the Horn Frogs this year, and there was not one game where I was sitting there watching felt good about it except for the Iowa State game. <laughs> I mean uh but but with Max Duggan, I mean he has a great story, so New York can get a, about an hour worth of content out of his story with how he had heart surgery and came back and he didn't start he didn't win the starting job this year. Um and then he came in in an injury uh the first game of the season. He, I'm, I'm surprised that ESPN hasn't talked about that more because I didn't even know that was a thing until you just said that. And that seems like something that ESPN would, like, put all over the place to get more people to come look at them, basically. So yeah. I'm surprised I haven't heard about that before. Hey, watch just College Game Day on Saturday. Watch College Game Day on Saturday, mm. and it will be about an hour-long segment about what Max Duggan has been through and just his resiliency and how he leads this team. That's probably um, what I've seen it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think he's I think he's number two. Honest, like I'm not gonna put him at number one just because the season that Caleb Williams has. Yeah. Um, I think Max is number two right now, and Robert Griffin the third would also agree with me. He's on the <laughs> Duggan train. So RG three. Um, and then number three, it, it's tough. Number three is tough because. C.J. Stroud played terrible against Michigan. I mean, not terrible. He didn't play great against Michigan, which is the only team that they really face besides Penn State, um, which Penn State's also a top-10 team right now, so you can't take that away from him. Uh, but the other guy is Blake Corum. Blake Corum's probably the best running back um, right now in college football. I don't think he's going to be the best NFL projectable guy. I think Bijan Robinson is definitely the most uh, – he has the most talent to carry over to the NFL next next year. I'm pretty sure he's yeah he's he's going there next year. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I think Blake Corum is probably the third guy for me. Even though he was injured and only took two or three snaps against Ohio State. Um, but yeah, those are probably my top three right now. Which I mean, it's not going to change much this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for what it, what what it's worth, uh, I I don't really again I don't know much about college football, but uh, for what it's worth, my top three is Caleb Williams, uh, Stetson Bennett, C.J. Stroud in that order. Uh, again, that is completely based off of nothing but looking at records and stuff that people have been saying throughout the season. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to form my own opinion about the Heisman race. Um, but uh, Aaron, maybe, I'm, I'm sure you have probably had more of an opportunity than I have. Who are, who are your top three? You're kind of similar to Sieges. Were you not here about five minutes ago? Guess not. <laughs> um, I know Caleb Williams is like the number one. Um, and then I know Aaron joked about Max Duggan, and then you had him at number two. Yeah. Uh, so, so my only problem with Stetson Bennett is he doesn't get touchdowns. I mean, he, he's thrown 16 touchdowns and had six interceptions. Um, he's thrown for over 3,000 yards, which is a, a stat of its own. I mean, but he doesn't have the touchdowns to back up what any of these other big-name quarterbacks, or not big-name quarterbacks, but these Heisman front-running right. quarterbacks have. 
They Georgia relies a lot on their run game and that SEC offense. I mean, the SEC quarterbacks are not great usually. I mean, um, so that's the only reason I don't have Stetson as a Heisman watch guy, um, just because he doesn't have the touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, me putting him at two was purely based off of Georgia being who they are. Um, Again, not being able to watch any games this year, really. Uh, Basically, I just looked at, oh, I know Georgia's, like, by far the best team in the country, so their quarterback must be pretty good. Let's just throw him in there at two. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, so... um, Uh, Go ahead. No, you're fine. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. And then my uh, my playoffs are basically the same as yours. Uh, again, for what it's worth, was uh, four teams stay the same. Um, it really is difficult whenever you have that, like, conference champ. Whether the conference championship, does it mean it's something? We've been asking right. that question since the playoff format was implemented. Um, back then I did watch more college football because the Tigers weren't dog crap. Um, and so that's always been like, and I think I th- like Aaron and you both pointed out earlier, I do think the expanded playoffs will eliminate that question to no, it doesn't matter. We knew it probably didn't matter. Now we know for a fact it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be so like, obviously if Georgia loses, they're not getting out of the top four. Obviously, if Michigan loses, they're not leaving the top four. Probably TCU would be would be the TCU and USC would be the only two where it'd be kind of like eh maybe. But if TCU loses, I could still see them making it. K State's a solid team. Um, I didn't know USC's one loss was to or first loss was to Utah this year because they lost to you uh, South Carolina a couple weeks ago. Um, Right? Didn't they? They lost to Spencer Rattler. No, no. They didn't? I thought they lost to Spencer Rattler. No, Tennessee lost to them and Clemson. Oh, that's what it was. I knew it was like a top five team lost to uh, South Carolina um, during Bedlam week. They got South Carolina, Spencer Rattler and South Carolina both beat, or they beat uh, Tennessee and Clemson back to back weeks. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unless USC screws up, I, I'm kind of with you, Siege. I don't see any of those top four teams getting getting knocked out. Um, especially because, I mean, like you said, it's kind of unfair. They have to play a, a whole extra week. Um, right. Is it really fair for Ohio State to move up just for not playing? Like that's the only reason they're moving up is because they did not play. Um, right. That's going to be interesting to see if that ends up mattering or not. Um, but moving on from college football, let's uh, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some NBA. Uh, season started not too long ago, uh, end of October. Um, just now, kind of starting to get into the swing of things. Um, still kind of far off from even like the halfway point of the season and All Star break. Um, but one thing a lot of people are talking about already, of course, because people love making lists and people love ranking players. Uh, the MVP race. There are about nine or ten people that could be in this MVP race right now. Uh, I saw a YouTube video, uh, if not last night, then two days ago, uh, from this uh, YouTube creator, uh, Jimmy High Roller. He's pretty popular in the uh, the basketball YouTube basketball community, um, as well as I also watch like some other YouTubers like Rusty Buckets and uh, KOT4Q Kenny. 
Um, some people may be familiar with those guys if they watch, um, if they're if they're watch, if they're basketball enthusiasts and they watch uh, basketball YouTube. Um, but Jimmy Highroller, he came out with a video, um, basically saying that this is the greatest offensive season we have ever seen in the NBA um, since is it the, its inception. Uh, which a lot of people probably not too surprised. NBA has been um, picking up in both pace and scoring for a, a while now, dating back to the 90s. I mean, shoot, teams are scoring 120 like it used to be 90 points back in 1992. So um, scoring is definitely not as hard to come by as it used to be in the Jordan era and before that. But, um, yeah, there are about 10 players that are uh, in that Jimmy High Roller video. He said that there's a level of MVP caliber, essentially, where every MVP, I think is what he said, was they had more than 45 total points, rebounds, assists combined. So if you add up their points per game, their assists per game, and their rebounds per game, it would exceed 45 total. Um, typically, an MVP caliber season is, uh, uh, using that statistic as a measuring stick, um, an MVP caliber season would be any player averaging 45 or above points, rebounds, assists combined. There are like nine people right now that are doing that. First time we've ever seen that in NBA history. Um, you've got like Luca out there with Dallas going insane. Steph's starting to heat up. Uh, Jason Tatum seems like he's hit a new level in Boston. Uh, John Morant, obviously incredible. Shea Gilgis Alexander in OKC has been outstanding. Uh, Joel Embiid carrying the Sixers without Harden right now. Uh, Jokic, third straight MVP caliber season. Obviously, Giannis Antetokounmpo is absurd. Um, and then you could throw some other players in there like Devin Booker. Um, who do you guys see right now? And I'll start with you, Siege, because uh, you watch a little bit more basketball than Aaron, I know. Um, who do you see right now as your like top three or top five MVP candidates at this moment? See, I don't know if that's necessarily true, uh, <laughs> that I watch more <laughs> basketball than Aaron. Well, um, you live but... in a basketball state. Aaron does not. I do not. You live in Oklahoma. It has a basketball team. Missouri doesn't have one. Okay. Well, either way, um, my uh, right now my top three are probably uh, Luca at one. Give me Luca at one. Uh, Tatum at two. And give me the Joker at three. I love the Joker. I can't put. I just love Jokic. I love the way he plays the game. He's just a big goofball out there that's just destroying everybody. Um, and the way he does it, too, I mean, he's he's one assist a game and half a rebound away from averaging a triple-double um, this season, so far this season, and I think that that's really impressive. Um, his points per game has gone down, but I mean, the way he handles the ball at the five, uh, facilitates at the five, is is really impressive to me. So that's my top three. Yeah, and I think another thing you have to you have to uh, kind of remember with the with the Jokic's points going down thing is uh, Michael Porter Jr. is back this year. 
Uh, yes. He's a 20-point-per-game yeah. scorer, whether whether you like his game or not or think he's a baby or not. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if there's really a polarizing opinion on Michael Porter Jr. like there is like for a Joel Embiid or a Zion Williamson. But Michael Porter Jr. is a 20-point-per-game scorer. He is an absolute bucket. Um, and I think adding that is kind of obviously giving Jokic uh, less of a reason to inflate his, his uh, point-per-games. Um and then you got Jamal Murray also, which I completely forgot about until just now. Is he back yet? I don't even know. Let me look that up real quick. You guys probably wouldn't. Um, I'm not. I'm yeah, not sure. You guys wouldn't probably know that. I know he's if he's not back, he's due back soon. Um, nope, he is back. He has been playing this season. So, yeah, there's, there's two 20-point-per-game two scorers you've got back on your team. So, obviously, your point per game is going to go down a little bit. Just like, for instance, when LeBron left Cleveland to go to Miami, his points per game went down a little bit because he was playing with two other All-Stars. Um, but yeah, uh, I, your MVP is pretty solid. Um, Luca, I think I, I agree, uh, I, to be, um, to be, uh, clear, I am a Celtics fan, so I, and, and a Missouri born native. So I have a special place in my heart for my man, Jason Tatum. Um, but I do agree that Luca's probably ahead of him slightly in the MVP race, Tatum at two. And then I think... Hang on, let me pull up my list real quick. Um, I had Giannis at three just because I love the way Giannis plays. Um, it was – the funny thing about Giannis is uh, I never really hated him per se, but last year when the Celtics met them in the second round, uh, it was basically the winner of that series was probably going to win the playoffs. I know Heat fans would disagree with me on that, but in, in both Celtics fans' opinions – and Bucks fans' opinions, I think we both would agree that whoever won that series was going to beat the Heat and go to the finals last year. Um, I was trying to find any way possible, any way, to hate Giannis. And it, it it's impossible. You can't hate the man Giannis. I know what he did earlier this year with that, um, that employee at Wells Fargo Center in Philly um, with the ladder or whatever, but Giannis is the nicest superstar post loss I have ever seen in my entire life. The dude just lost game seven of a grueling second round in the Eastern Conference Finals and he's in there smiling like, Hey man, they're just a good team, you know, like like they just came out and they played harder than us and the better team won tonight. And I'm just like, how how can you hate that? I I, I found it impossible to hate Giannis. Um, and so along with, with me just liking him as a player and a person, um, his play obviously too has been incredible. I mean, without Middleton all season, they're still the two seed in the East. Um, I think that speaks for itself that Giannis is just a freak. And then, I mean, if you look at the, I, I don't even have to look at the statistics. I don't think anybody really has to look at the st- statistics when it comes to Giannis. You know, he's great. It's like LeBron. It's like KD. You know, he's amazing. So that's why I have story with him too. Like. I mean, dude came over here to pursue a dream. I mean, he was overlooked his whole life, and then he comes here. Uh, gets he got drafted late, right? Uh, it wasn't late. It was um, it was in the middle of the first round. It was like okay, yeah. He but even like even then, he the dude sits on the bench by himself and like nobody talks to him, and he's just like one of the nicest dudes that yeah. you could possibly ever talk to. And I think he gets misunderstood because of his size and the way that he plays the game of basketball on the court and then off the court, he's, he's just the nicest dude ever. And, uh, and, and you can't, you can't, uh, find a flaw really in 
his skill set. I mean, the dude, the dude earned his name as the Greek freak. Like he, he really is a freak. Yeah. Basketball. Yeah. Going off of what you said with this play style, that's the main reason that I was trying to find a way to hate him because he was just bullying us last year. Like it was, it was every time he ran down the court, um, whether it was or not, you think it's a freaking charge because he's just bullying his way to the rim and he's just so much stronger than everybody that he just he just gets there and just boom easy nut no problem um and then you hear him talk post game and you're just like why why i can't hate that dude he's he's just he's such a nice dude um uh and then some other kind of like lesser talked about uh, you you mentioned Jokic. um steph curry was another one he was my fifth He's my fifth in my MVP ladder right now, uh, simply because of record, not because of him personally. Their record's just not been up to snuff for me. But um, Steph's doing incredible things. Again, uh, greatest shooter in NBA history. That's coming from a Celtics fan who watched Ray Allen for, um, I don't know, not enough time, but long enough. Um, and Steph Curry's just ridiculous out there. Seeing him run around, it's, it's, it's the guy that you hate playing against at the YMCA. Like, you just, it's like, we we have this friend who, his name's Kyle Cross, and the dude never stops moving. No, never. And that is basically what Steph does. He just runs around. It, it doesn't even look like he's running plays. He's just running circles around the paint, and eventually he just gets open, catches, pops it, boom, game over. So Steph's been insane. I got to see a close-up of him, obviously, with the finals last year, not in person. To be specific, to be to be specific, uh, I wish I wish I would have went to a finals game last year, but I got to see a lot of staff last year in the finals when the Celtics were uh, breaking my heart and losing in five, right? No six, um, yeah, losing in six. It felt like five games, um, but losing in six and Steph Curry's just ridiculous. Um, Jordan Poole's gonna be great. But um, but Steph is clearly the the straw that stirs that drink over there in Golden State. Um, Aaron, you have any opinions on the uh, the NBA MVP starting to heat up a little bit? We might have hit just about everything with Luca. I mean, yeah, the numbers don't lie. You guys kind of hit it all. Luca, Giannis. Uh, my, I mean, it's close for me between Tatum and Steph. Probably put Tatum just above because I mean he's averaging forty nine points a game crazy but uh yeah Steph I mean the Warriors had that that tough stretch um late October early November yeah but uh they, they look like they're turning things around though they'll, they'll figure it out like they always do and somehow make the playoffs and yeah probably be uh finals favorites at some point yeah I think uh me included anybody who rid off who wrote off the Warriors early in the season are looking pretty dumb right now um unfortunately they are probably going to make the playoffs and be title title contenders again um for those of there out there that may not enjoy the warriors dynasty unfortunately it is still here guys um see so you have, anything a, to I have add a question that? i have a question real quick for for you or for y'all specifically really burke um i know you're a boston fan mm-hmm. uh do you think the Eastern Conference is starting to kind of level out the Western Conference with the whole, you know, the past few years we've had like the super teams and stuff like that? Um, 
there's still some super super teams in quotation marks, but do you think the Eastern Conference is starting to kind of level that out with the Western Conference? Yeah, so actually it's funny you bring that up. I've thought that for a couple of years now that the East was starting to catch up to the West. Um, I think it was pretty – I think you could kind of see that in the um, – where you can really see the competitive competitiveness of a of a conference in the, in the – uh, the NBA specifically, probably other sports too, but the NBA specifically is those last like three or four seeds there where it's like back in 2013, somewhere around there, when the when the East was really bad, the eight and seven seed were like 500 teams and worse. Mm-hmm. Now that's in the West. I know last year, for instance, let me pull up the, pull up the standings from last year. I believe last year... Um, the bottom two seeds in the Western Conference before the play-in, because the play-in obviously you you may get the tenth seed, the tenth best record in the West might make the playoffs, but before the play-in, like the seven and eight seed going into the play-in games, I believe one of them was like at five hundred, and I believe the pl- some of the play-in teams were like. I don't know. It was like I know the Western Conference was not as good as the East last year, if I remember right, um, and it was like crazy to me because like like you said growing up it was always uh the best in the west and the least in the east um and then as a celtics fan i got to see that a lot obviously it was it was a lot easier to make the finals back then it was basically just the celtics lebron everybody else so um now now it's definitely not like that you've got the celtics you got the heat you got which the heat actually haven't been that great this year but uh you got the celtics you got the bucks you got the sixers you got the Nets should be. I don't know why the Nets are still bad. That Do you want to talk about the Nets? I kind of want to talk about the Nets. I mean, they were good last year. Uh, not really. They were like a they were a playing team last year. What? Yeah. Boston was the 20, two seed. 20 to 20 Wait, what am I looking at then? 2020-2021 season? 2021, 2022. Oh, that's 2021. Okay, yeah, I'm stupid. Yeah. Looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, no, no they, they weren't. I mean, they were severely under expectations. Like, a team with KD and Kyrie should not be a seven seed or whatever they were. But he didn't play that much, Kyrie. True. They had Harden at that point, too, right? Uh, they had Harden for about half the season. They they traded Harden right before the All-Star break last year. Um, uh, It was like, I think it was... Katie drafted, I think, with Harden, drafted his all-star team with James Harden still on the Brooklyn Nets. Because I, I remember uh, NBA guy like Shaq and Ken, and Chuck and all them, and Kenny and uh, and all them, they were they were asking, they were kind of poking fun at the whole situation, being like, hey, so have you talked to James Harden yet? And Katie was like super pissed off. Um, so I know he was at least on the team till the All-Star break, and then they traded him for, for Ben Simmons, which, to be fair, Ben Simmons has looked a little bit better recently, but I just, you just don't, you just don't trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, <laughs> unless you have to, which I guess they had to, but, um, yeah, I mean, here, I got the, I got the standings for last year pulled up, um, yeah, so like the the Pelicans, for instance, the Pelicans made the play-in and they won that to make it to the playoffs. They were ten games under five hundred in the West. 
the Clippers were the nine seed. They were only two games over five hundred. So I think I think the East has been getting better than the West has than the West has been uh, for a couple years now. I think it's kind of been probably since pre bubble pre pandemic. Um, that's kind of when it kind of started shifting more towards like evening it out as opposed to West being way more superior than the East. Because at, at one point it was, it was like the 10th seed, before play-ins were a thing. The 10th seed like in the for, West would have been would in have the been playoffs. Like the in the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it was crazy how, how, how much more stacked the West was than the East back then. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it's it started evening out in the last few years. Um, and at this point, you may even be able to argue that the East is better than the West. Um I don't know. All all stars have always been kind. All star games have always been kind of. It's never really been a good statistic in measuring that because obviously they they're not going to get their all. Some players don't play at all, but also, the West was just loaded with talent. The East just happened to be super top heavy, so you'd get like three or four guys off of one team in the East. You'd get like one team off of each of the top ten teams in the West. So that was the main thing back then, is that the West just had more talent on each team, whereas the the East was just, they had about the same amount of talent. But in the East, it was all on like one or two or three different teams, as opposed to the West, it was on like six or seven or eight different teams. Um, so I think that's been the main, main difference, is that um, players have just not been teaming up as much. Super teams aren't as popular as they used to be back then um i think a lot of gms and and executives have started to realize that uh the super team may not always i think the nets for instance have have kind of shown people that just having a bunch of talents not enough to win anymore you you need yeah. to have a good team um and so i, I mean, look at the cool. lakers the lakers are just the worst yeah, yeah, they're so bad. Yeah, like like you would think. It may, obviously, like I mean, Russell Westbrook's not as good as he used to be. LeBron James isn't as good as he used to be. Anthony Davis even isn't as good as he used to be. Which no. that's the one that I think you should kind of look at and be like, uh, Anthony Davis should still be good. He's in his prime. Why is? I mean, obviously it's injuries, but you gotta. I think, I think people should be talking about Anthony Davis more than Russell Russell Westbrook. Because Russell Westbrook, he is at the age where he's going to start slowing down. I don't know why people are surprised about that, especially with his skill set specifically. He's always been a guy that depends on his athleticism, his speed, his quickness. Mm -hmm. So as you get older, those type of players get a little bit a little bit worse. Look at Tracy McGrady, for instance. Look at Vince Carter. The only reason Vince Carter stuck around is because he learned how to shoot the three. So yeah. I, I don't know why people are surprised that Russell Westbrook is all of a sudden starting to... Um, play worse. It it was kind of written in stone that this was about the time he was going to start regressing. Um, but I, mean, I, I could have told you that about four years ago. Whenever uh, I don't know if it was actually four years ago, but remember when we went to that Thunder and Rockets game, Bert? Yeah, yeah. And Russell Westbrook bricked about thirteen threes, and we mm -hmm. all started chanting "Trade Russ." Yeah, yeah. And then he did to that guy. team yeah. specifically. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And. <laughs> I was actually happy that we traded him away. Um, it worked out. But got Shay. Well, it kind of worked out. We got yeah, Shay. Shay yeah. is very. I love Shay. Um, it kind of sucks that. Yeah. For those for those who don't know, for anybody listening who may not know, 
Uh, Russ was traded for Chris Paul. Chris Paul stuck around for a year. Um, oh, wait, no. He was traded. Oh, yeah, yeah no, right. yeah, he did get you shade then, in a way. Because mm-hmm. you traded Russ to Houston after Chris Paul demanded a trade to the Clippers. So, kind of. It, it was connected. Because you traded Chris... Sure. You traded... Well, you traded Paul George to get Shea, and then yeah. that was kind of when you were like, okay, Russ, bye, and kicked him down to Houston. No, Russ was gone before then. Russ was gone when we had Russ and Paul switch spots is what it was. No, Russ and Paul were together till Paul left. No. Yeah, because Paul left, and that's what made you decide to break to, to blow it up. It was at least the same offseason. I don't know which happened first, but it was the same offseason. They'd never played, like, Paul George never played on the Thunder without Russell Westbrook. I don't know. I don't remember. Because y'all lost to Joe Jingles, remember? Y'all lost to Joe Jingles in the... Oh, you lost to me. That's that's my guy. Jingles? Yeah. The Thunder lost to, lost to Jingles in the first round, the Jazz. And, uh, and then uh, Paul George requested a trade after that, and then they traded Russ down to Houston. Um, I don't know which order it was in. I thought it was Paul George to L.A. and then I thought, to Houston. I thought Paul and Chris went to L.A. at the same time. Chris never – no, you didn't trade Chris to L.A. You traded him to Phoenix. Dude, I'm so confused. Yeah, no, Chris, Chris Paul went from – Either way. Hey. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Either going. way, we're editing out the last two minutes. Okay. Why? Because I suck at this. You're fine. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, <laughs> but we can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually was about to, to, to start wrapping this up anyways. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll cap it on the NBA talk. Um, Luca, number one MVP, Tatum number two, I think has been kind of our consensus. I know Aaron had Tatum at one, and Luca not even in the top two. So, um, but yeah, so, uh-huh. it's, <laughs> it's probably Luca and Tatum. Anyways, uh, aside from the NBA talk, uh, we'll start wrapping this up. Uh, I appreciate anybody who uh, chose to uh, check us out. Uh, first episode of Swivel Chair Sports. Um, went better than expected, I think. Uh, we were actually kind of worried this was going to be a super chaotic mess. So uh, I've actually been pretty satisfied with how, how tonight's went, pretty happy with it. Um, so I appreciate anybody who decided to, uh, to check us out on YouTube uh for sure maybe spotify i'm not sure hopefully we can get this up on spotify if not then just completely disregard what i am saying um but definitely youtube for sure uh thank you again to anybody who decided to check us out uh we plan on trying to come out with episodes at least once a week um plan on thursdays for the time being just because we recorded this on wednesday night and I hope to get it up on our channel Thursday morning. Uh, it would be a nice way to start off December 2022, I suppose. So, uh, that is all. Uh, this has been Swivel Chair Sports, Episode 1. I have been your host, Zach Circle Burkle. Uh, my co-hosts, Aaron and Siege. Uh Hopefully we can get this ball rolling, and this is not um, not the last you hear of us. So uh, thank you again. Um, have a great night. Uh, goodbye. And.
Go USA Soccer. Oh, yes. Go USA Soccer. Go USA Soccer. <laughs> that is the one part we forgot to mention. USA Soccer made it out of pool or group play. We're into bracket play. USA, USA. Uh, hopefully we can bring that cup home where it belongs. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. well, we got <laughs> <laughs> we, we got some uh, some tough competition go, with the uh, go you know, e- Eagles. What, what would our mascot be? I guess our mascot would be an eagle. Go Eagles. USA Eagles. Yeah. Red, white, and blue, baby. <laughs>